so much. Wow, it is an honor to be back here in a, a different facility than I was last time, four years ago. Wow, it is beautiful. Um, thank you guys so much for supporting our family so faithfully every single month, even before we got to Thailand. Uh, you guys have been on our, our team, and you guys stay in contact with us, and your team constantly asks, how can we be praying for you? How can we support you more? And I just want to say on behalf of all the missionaries that you support around the world, right here locally, right throughout the United States, thank you, thank you, thank you for giving to missions. You guys are making a huge difference, not only in your own community, but all around the world. And it's, we're just here today to give you a little bit of a taste, a little small glimpse into some, some of the ways that you're praying and you're, you're giving is making a huge difference. And, you know, my wife and I, Rachel, you're going to be hearing from her in just a few moments. Uh, she's my better half, so you're in for a treat. Uh, and I'm going to go share with your kids, and so they get the leftovers. <laughs> but no, the, ki the, kids, the kids are, I love ministering to kids, and I love sharing about missions, and it's so amazing just to see them. Uh, you get a heart for missions, and um, I do share with them just ahead. Heads up, if you do have kids back there, if they're, if they're picking their nose after service, we, we tell our kids to pick your nose, not your teeth in Thailand, because in Thailand, it's opposite. If you pick your teeth, it's super offensive. If you pick your nose, not a big deal. So pick your nose, not your teeth. Uh, we, I do share that. That's one of the fun things we share. Uh, but Rachel and I, we felt called to missions at different seasons in our life, um, and uh, we felt called to, to go. Uh, but where, whenever you have a huge, big, wide open world, it's like, where, God, where do you have us? Well, when we were engaged, I had a chance to to, uh, to go and finish my um, my degree and um, internship and a study abroad in Thailand. While I was there, I got a chance to uh, get outside of the city of 16 million people of Bangkok and go way out into what we call the sticks, which comparatively, yes, it's the sticks, but it's still really big communities. Um, and we ended up 12 hours outside, and um, we ended up getting out of the vehicle. Long story short, we ended up there kind of by accident, but we, while we were there, we made a day of it. And all these kids, like, welcomed us into the community, and they're like, hey. And we went to the village uh, leaders and the community leaders, like, yeah, you have a story to share. Like, share as long as you want to. And they made food for us, and uh, we were able to share stories about David and Goliath. Of course, I was Goliath because of my height. And uh, we shared stories about Jesus, and kids are so squirrely. I mean, if you have kids or if you work with kids, you know it's hard to keep their attention span. They're like looking everywhere. But no, they hung on every single word that we said. And we shared stories about Jesus and the parables of Jesus. And it was everybody from the kids all the way to the, the nursing mothers in the back. They were all just like captivated. We had a captivated audience. And, and, and um, I'll never forget as we left, those same kids were running up to us and pulling on our shirts saying one of the only few words in Thai that I knew at the time, which is Brayesu, which means Jesus. And they were asking, when are you coming back to share more stories about Jesus? And the missionary um, turned to them and politely said, oh, maybe one day. But when we got back in the vehicle, I'm like, yeah, when are we going back? And she had to tell me, Brandon, there are so many other communities, even where we're at, we have to constantly turn away open doors and invitations to share the gospel, even in Bangkok and the surrounding communities. And there's no missionaries, there's no churches up here, no churches within hundreds of miles of this community. Um, and, and really, most people in Thailand have never spoken to a Christian before. And the need is, is epic. It's great. And so I was like, what can we do then? I kind of felt hopeless and defeated. She's like, Brandon, pray. The harvest is ready. They're literally asking for more stories about Jesus, but the workers are few. 
So I pray that God would send workers. And so I was engaged at the time. It was, you know, we were Zooming. Or, yeah, was it Zoom at the time? Yeah, I think it was Zoom. No, it was Skype. It was Skype at the time. Um, and a little old tech. Um, but we were Skyping at the time, and we were praying for people by name. And, um, and as we were praying, we just really felt the Holy Spirit kind of turn that prayer back around. As we were praying for God to send workers to Thailand, we're like, oh, yeah, duh. We're, we feel called to missions, and we're praying for people by name. And for us, it was kind of a no-brainer situation. Uh, it was just kind of like a God's latest opportunity in front of us. And uh, we said absolutely. And so fast forward many years later, we had a chance to go there. Um, and we just finished up our first term um, in Thailand, and we're going back for our, our second term. It's a four-year term, um, and we're just so excited for all the opportunities that, that God has for us there. Uh, one of those opportunities being um, in, in uh, youth prisons, um, in, in, in the youth prisons, and we have schools and, like, hundreds of, of, of students at a time. We have a chance to, we have, again, a captive, captive audience, and they are just ready to hear the gospel and ready to hear about American culture and it's, it's fun. It's, we do a lot of fun activities with them, but I'll never forget being my first time at the youth prison. We have an open door into the youth prison network there. Um, one of the prisons has over 400 students. I say students, they're inmates, um, anywhere from age 10 to 20. There for petty crimes to more serious crimes, most of them tattoos all over their face, and um, they're they're really help like hopeless because really no one goes in and and um, and like does anything with them uh, because they're just kind of on the you know the uh, no one really cares to do anything with them because they're kind of already messed their life up and that's the way they see them, themselves too. To be Thai is to be Buddhist. Um, Buddhism teaches uh, that in this life your good deeds have to outweigh your bad your bad deeds. Um, or else you're going to keep on coming back um, over and over again. And uh, the only, their, their end goal is to achieve a state of complete non-existence, nirvana. And uh, that's the, the goal. And so when we go and, and we share the gospel, it really, it, it's really a, an opportunity to, to have hope and peace and joy in this life. When they realize that's an opportunity for them, they really take uh, that for they really take the, a hold of that um, that idea. So these students, um, I never forget uh, when we the, the first week that we did our uh, outreach there. Several students came up um, to the pastor and we, they got his phone number. And the pastor said, "If you if you once you're out of uh, jail, whenever that is, you can call my number and, and we will. If you don't have a place to go, we will welcome you in." And so uh, those like I think uh, ages 15 and 17, two boys called him like the week after they had actually got out of jail, and they said, "Hey, you said you could um, we could have a home." whenever we got out so like uh, like you can help help us get set up and um, I actually had a chance to go pick them up at the jail and bring them to the church and to see that was the first time at the church to see them being embraced by the the whole pastoral team there it was so beautiful it was such a great glimpse of, of the kingdom of God at work. Um, you know, many of you know uh, our, our story. Rachel, she, um, many years ago, she was pregnant with our middle child. She was uh, pregnant um, with Jory and about 10 weeks pregnant, and she was diagnosed with stage three lung cancer. Uh, this was about five, six years ago now. Um, and while she was uh, pregnant, she had her entire left lung removed. And so um, she uh, actually, what's amazing is they did get all the cancer with that. And now she, uh, she speaks better. She sings better, breathes better with just one lung. They got all the cancer out. Can we just give God praise for that? Because he is a, truly a healing God. What's really amazing is that 10 years prior to that, she really felt God was calling her to be, to 
um, to worship ministry and to like basically lead worship to the nations. Um, she had that call of God in her life, and that was about 10 years. They, they estimate that the scar tissue, um, the tumor had been growing in there for about 10 years. And so we really believe that the enemy really in, intended evil, but God turned it for good. Amen. And what's amazing, we got to share that testimony with some t- um, Thai friends that started coming to one of our English clubs. And um, her and her daughter got to hear Rachel's healing testimony. And then uh, we just got news. Uh, well, she, this, this woman actually just this past year found a tumor. Uh, they found a tumor growing inside of her. Well, uh, without medical intervention, that tumor was magically erased by God. Amen. She started praying to God. And then at this point, she's like, you know what? Now I'm all in. I'm ready to believe. Um, and so her and her daughter have come to faith, and they just got water baptized last month. How awesome is that? How amazing is our God? Thank you, guys so much for, for giving submissions. This is just a small glimpse of, of what God is doing. I'm so excited to go share with the, the kids right now um, as well and just to give them a taste of what God is doing. But I just want to invite you. You guys are a solid church. If, if you guys, if there's anybody in the room that wants to come and see what God is doing first, um, you know, first hand. Uh, we have um, opportunities to serve uh, for a short time or for a longer time. Uh, we, we need some people to help us open some doors and to respond to this great need. Um, but either way, we thank you so much for praying for us. We do have prayer cards with our updated whole family in the lobby, so I'll be handing those out after service as well. But again, I want to thank you so much for everything that you guys are doing. Here's Rachel. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Journey Church. Is anybody excited to be at church this morning? I am. I am. Thankfully, the rain has let up, and come on. All right, well, I'm excited to share with you just a word that, um, man, God has really been laying on my heart for the church, and specifically the American church. I mean, you are my home. This is my home country, and so, uh, you know, don't think that just because we serve far away that we don't have a heart for God's house right here in the States. And so um, the Holy Spirit has just been laying this on my heart for the local church. And so I want to share a message with you today about the church. But before I jump into that, I just want to share a story about a young man who we met um, through one of our English ministries at a university in Bangkok. And this university, just to give you an idea of what this university is like, has 500,000 plus students on campus. So it is a massive university, and uh, it, it is just overwhelmingly large. It's one of the largest ones in Thailand. And we have a, a good, a very good friend of ours who is a Thai Christian. Her name is Da, and she, um, she met some missionaries years ago on campus while attending uh, this school, and they presented the gospel to her, you know, in relationship with her, and she accepted Christ and was so burdened by, you know, her, for her fellow students, that she wanted to go back and start a ministry on campus. And so we had the opportunity to partner with her in that. And it was during this time that we met a young man named Sun. And he, what was really fascinating about him when we met him was that he is a currently practicing Buddhist monk. And many young men in Thailand, you know, enter into being a monk for whether it's a day or a lifetime to earn merit, just like Brandon was talking about. Um, but he is he's a currently practicing monk, so it was a little weird to meet somebody like this. And um, he started attending our English club. He wanted to learn more about English and learn more about American culture. 
And uh, during this time, uh, during COVID, you know, many, many ministries had to go online. So we jumped online with our English club one day, and, and Brandon looked at Sun and said, where are you calling from? It was just a unique background, and he could hear some talking in the background. And, and Sun said, oh, I'm at the temple. And Brandon was like, right now you're at the Thai temple? And he said, oh, yeah, you know, I'm here, you know, in, in kind of a, a really inner part of the temple that most Thai people wouldn't see, let alone an American Christian would be able to see into this. So it was really kind of fascinating to, to look in and get a picture of, of what he was doing. And, and here we are sharing our faith and sharing our story with him inside the, the temple, basically, you know, through Zoom. And it was amazing how God was working in this relationship. And finally, as things started to open up, it was Easter of uh, 2021, and we were able to have a, an Easter party. There was, you know, we, restrictions were lifted enough that we could meet together. And so we decided to hold this Easter party off the campus and at the local Thai church. And so we're in just a normal classroom. It wasn't anything fancy. It was just a little side room. And we were sharing about Easter and the story of Easter and the gospel and uh, we also had some some Easter snacks from the states that someone had sent over. So we had some marshmallow peeps and Cadbury eggs. And, of course, our Thai friends were like, what do Americans eat? What is this? This is really weird. I think some Americans think that about peeps too, right? Uh, you know, where I'm from in Pennsylvania, we like peeps. I don't know. It's, uh, we lived in Minnesota for many years, and they were like, ooh, you eat this stuff? And I was like, yes, it's great. Anyway, we can talk about peeps later. But... You know, here we are sharing the story, and, and Son said to us, you know, I, you know, I've heard of Jesus before, but I, I've never heard this. I've never heard the gospel. I've never heard this story at all. And sometimes it's hard for us as Americans to kind of wrap our minds around that, that nobody has heard the gospel story or nobody knows. You know, they might know Easter with, like, Easter bunny and eggs or, like, Christmas with Santa, but they don't have any any framework of, of Jesus, and this is why. And so... Brandon and, and you know, some other missionaries along with, with, with me, we, we were able to share a little bit with this is the gospel story. This is why we celebrate Easter as Christians. And it was during this conversation that Son stopped and he said, wait, is this a Christian church? And we kind of laughed a little bit like, you know, we weren't tricking anybody that we were in a church. But we were like, oh, yeah, this is, this is the local, this is one of the Thai Christian churches. And he just kind of looked around for a second. And if you've ever seen a Buddhist temple or, you know, a Catholic church uh, or, like, really ornate, you know, orthodox, they're, they're very, very beautiful, right? Um, yes, this is the picture. This is uh, Wat. It's called Wat Arun. Wat means temple in Thai. And this is probably one of the most popular, most famous in Thailand for sure, but maybe in all of Buddhism. And it's, it's, this, it's beautiful on the outside. It's right on the river. And um, this is actually the temple that Sun uh, serves at. This is where he is, is serving. So it was just kind of, it was crazy. This is his picture of what church would look like, right? This is the Buddhist temple. And here we are in just this normal classroom. I, I mean, I don't think there was carpet. It was just kind of like concrete floors. And he says, this is a Christian church. And he, he said, I, I thought it would be more beautiful. And it kind of made us laugh because we're like, yes, this is what you're thinking. But it was, it was a beautiful moment where we were able to share with him that really when Jesus teaches about church, it has very little to do with the building. It's not about the building and how beautiful it is, but Jesus, he's talking about his people. And the great thing about Jesus and his church is that he is taking 
normal, ordinary people like you and me and making us more and more beautiful every day, more and more like Jesus every day. So we were able to share with him kind of this story of the church being beautiful. And that's what I want to talk about today. The church is beautiful. Now, maybe this is kind of a weird concept. Maybe, what do you mean the church is beautiful? But I'll share why I think that. I think that when we are functioning as the church, and as Jesus intended, we are beautiful, and the Holy Spirit is using his church to draw people to Jesus. So I want to share a couple of things today. First, I want to share what, what, is the, what is the mission, what is the purpose of this church, and why is the church, why, why is the, church the, the vehicle that God has chosen? And finally, I want to talk about how we can be this church. So the first thing, let's, let's, if you have a Bible and you want to turn with me to Matthew 28, I'm going to start in, in verse 19. It says this, Matthew 28, verse 19. This is really the mission of the church. Jesus is telling his disciples, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the mission of the church, of every believer, to go and make disciples. But how do we do this, right? So I don't know if you're like me. You read that and you think, of all nations, I'll never even visit every nation. And you, God is telling me to go and make disciples of all nations. This is an overwhelmingly great task. And many times we just we read this and we get so discouraged that we just kind of stop there, right? We just, oh, you know, I, I could never do that. That's, that's too big. But I find it interesting that when we look at the church in Scripture, which we see this in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, we, we see this picture of Jesus' disciples. They're waiting on the Holy Spirit. They encounter the Holy Spirit in a powerful, supernatural way, and they begin sharing the gospel in languages. The Bible says languages that they don't even speak. They begin sharing the, the gospel story of Jesus, and it's here that we see the church is really birthed out of that. And in Acts chapter 2, if you, have, if you want to flip over to Acts chapter 2, at the end of the, the chapter, we get this picture of what the early church was doing. This is what they look like. This is what was, was going on. And it says this in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day they attended temple together and the and breaking of bread in their homes. They received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day. I, want, I really want to focus on that last sentence there. The Lord added to their number day by day. This is a pattern that we see throughout the book of Acts. That as the church was simply being the church, they were just being together. We see that the people around them were, it says they looked on them with awe. Like, what is happening? What is going on with these people that follow this Jesus? And scripture says the Lord added to their number daily. It wasn't about having certain buildings or programs or events. It wasn't about how cool the music is or how cool this is. But it was about the church 
being the church. They were gathering together as followers of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit was drawing people to them. This is the picture of the church that we see in Scripture. Sounds easy, right? It sounds so simple. Like, just, oh, it would just be the church. But how many know that church doesn't always look like this, right? How many of you have come to church and you had the same thought that Son thought? You said, man, I thought the church would be more beautiful, right? You come and you think, not, not literally beautiful, of course, but you come in and you think, man, I had this expectation. I, I want community and I want this and I want to grow. And I thought the church would be more beautiful. I thought this would be the picture that we see in Scripture. But sometimes church today looks a lot different than that, right? It looks messy or dysfunctional and challenging, discouraging. It doesn't always seem like what Jesus had in mind. Many of us, we come into church, we're looking for hope, we're looking for community, connection, and anything that resembles this picture in, in the Bible, but instead, we're often met with disappointment or unmet expectations, and you thought, I thought the church would be this, I thought it would be more like this. And with all of these flaws, all of these shortcomings that we see with the church today, many people are asking, why the church? This, this can't be what God has in mind, so I, I don't need to attend church, right? And this is one of the, the reasons that, that the Holy Spirit has burdened me with this message is I see so many friends, young people, colleagues, pastors saying, ah, the, the local church, this isn't what God had in mind, so I'm just going to, I don't need to attend church, or I'm going to turn my back on the church because this isn't, this, this can't be what God had in mind. But I want to look at that. What, what does the Bible show us? Why the church? The first, the first reason I think the church is important is this. Jesus loves the church. This is in Ephesians chapter 5. This is a, a, a passage of Scripture we often use for marriage, men and, men and women being married. But I think it gives us a good picture of the church, of Jesus. He says, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It says Jesus loves the church. Later on in the passage, it says this, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. Jesus loves the church. Number two, Jesus chose the church. Jesus himself establishes the church in the New Testament. He says this is the vehicle that I'm going to use to reach the world. In Acts chapter 1, he says, you will, he's talking to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. He chooses his people to be his hands and feet, to be the, the words to share the gospel truth, the, the, the good news with the world. I love it in, in the gospels in Matthew, he says to Peter, he says, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen? Jesus establishes the church. And number three, Jesus equips the church. Jesus equips the church. Not only does he say, this is the vehicle that I'm going to use, but he, he gives you the tools that you need to fulfill the mission. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says this, he gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. 
This is why the church. Friends, let me encourage you today. This is what burdens me so much is that we, I, I've, I've heard people after people say, oh, I, I don't need to go to church because I, I can be a Christian without that. But friends, we see in scripture that Jesus himself loved the church, chose the church, and equipped the church. So if we want to follow Jesus, we have to love the church, right? We have to love the local church. But how do we do this? How do we simply, okay, it's so simple. Just be the church. Just love the church. Yeah, but how? What, give, give me something concrete, right? I want to give you two ways that I want to challenge us today to love the church. The first way is this, commitment. We have to be planted in God's house. We have to be planted in God's house. Psalm uh, 92, verses 12 and 13 says, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. I was reading a book that said, he said this, Notice that those who flourish are the planted ones in the house of the Lord, right? He said, what happens to a plant if you transplant it every three weeks? Most of you know that its root system will diminish and it will not blossom or prosper. If you keep transplanting it, the plant will die of shock. Friends, we're like plants. If we keep moving ourselves from church to church, from community to community, well, you know, I went there for a little bit, but I didn't make any connections. So I went here for a little bit. I didn't, I didn't meet anybody. I went here. I didn't, you know, it wasn't for me. If we keep doing that to ourselves, we'll never find a community to be rooted in and planted in. And we'll never get the nourishment that we need. See, we plant ourselves, I think, for the benefits of not only our root system, but the, the root system of others as well. If you see in this picture, these are redwood trees. And I've never, I've never had the opportunity to see them in person. I, I hope one day I will, right? These are some of the largest trees. They're, they grow really, really tall, really big, really wide. And this picture doesn't really even do justice to how large. They look like regular trees, but they're massive, right? If you, you know, Google some images of redwood trees, but one thing that is really unique about them, if you've, if you've ever heard this about these trees, is their root systems grow down deep, but they grow and intertwine with the other trees. They grow together. And then their root system is massive, and it's really strong because these trees have all grown into one another. And when I read that story, I think about the church. That's, that's really what it looks like to be planted in God's house. Not only are you rooted in Jesus, rooted in his word, but you are rooted with each other, and you are growing up strong in the Lord because you are connected to the body of Christ. And that's the reason why these redwood trees can grow as big and as strong as they can. It's because they are rooted with each other. You see, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we might be able to grow a little bit on our own, but we're never going to be the strong forest of redwood trees for the kingdom of God if we're not growing together. And our roots have to be connected with each other. I love what it says in Hebrews chapter 10. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. God is calling us to be together, to be the church, to be planted in his house. And that's how we grow. That's how our roots 
get nourishment. That's how we go, uh, go the distance with each other is that we are together as the body of Christ. The second way that we can love the church is care. We minister to God's house. So not only are we planted here, not only do we come, but we take the time to minister to those around us, to minister to this body of Christ. In Acts chapter 20, it says this, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. The flock is the body of Christ. It says, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I find that so challenging. It says that, that Jesus himself cares for the whole. He, he has obtained the body with his own blood, right? And that's how, that's how important it is to him that we should care for this community, that we should care so deeply. Like it says in Ephesians, we just read it, that if it's your own flesh, you will nourish it and cherish it. Not only do we come and we, we pour into this community and invest into this community, but it, we also see in Scripture that we take the time to look out for any division or any, any offense, anything that's in our heart that's causing an issue with each other. That we take the time. It's, I love that. Pay careful attention. Take the time to notice things. Okay, uh, I have to deal with this issue in my heart. I don't know if you're like me. I, I'm a chronic avoider. I avoid things in my life, right? Is anybody else like that? You don't have to raise your hand. All right, I got one in the back. Where you kind of like, you, you feel something or you have, oh, I got to deal with this. And you're like, nah, I'm just going to shove it down and I won't deal with it. Whatever, you know, whatever it is. It could be something little. It could be something big. But I think we do that too often in the church where we say, oh, you know, I have this issue, but oh, I'll just ignore it and it'll go away. And how many, it just doesn't do that. But if, you, if we care so deeply about something, we'll take the time to, to, to not avoid it, but to deal with it firsthand. So if you're here today and you think, oh, there's something in my heart that I just need to deal with, with the church, don't avoid it. Let's, let's pay careful attention. Let's make sure that we are in love, taking time to root out things that, that just don't belong there. As, as we close this morning, I want to read uh, a passage in Revelation chapter 7. And this is, the book of Revelation is, is a vision that the disciple John gets when he's, uh, you know, living in, in, um, on his own. And he, he gets this vision of the, of the church, of, of heaven. And I love this picture. Because I really, when I read this, I think it's really the fruit. It's the culmination of what it looks like when the church is being the church. And this is the fruit of, of being committed to God's house and caring for his community. It's this picture that we get in heaven. It says, starting in uh, chapter 7, verse 9, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne of the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I love that. All tribes, all peoples, all nations. This is what heaven is like. This is what we see in Scripture. This is the picture of heaven. And this is the fruit of the church here on earth, of a people that are committed to Jesus and his church. Those that are intentional and, and about caring for the body of Christ. The church is beautiful. 
the church is beautiful. I know uh, we, we really take the time. I love that, that my husband does this, especially with the girls, because we travel, you know, a lot. You know, like Pastor Ken said, we're traveling to, to share about Thailand within the American church. And sometimes it's a lot for our, our girls, right? And they're, they're traveling from church to church. But I love that Brandon will take the time often to say, you know, the church is so generous. The church is so loving. The church is so beautiful because they are sending us, right? And he'll, he'll take the time to explain to our seven-year-old and our five-year-old that we get to do this because the church is sending us. We get to do this because the church cares so deeply for you. Or the, and I love that because it's it, so often I've, I've heard just the negative things about the church. Oh, the church needs to do this. Yes, the church needs to grow. Absolutely. We all have rooms and uh, shortcomings that we need to do, but the church is beautiful, and the church is generous and the church is loving. When we are being the church that Jesus intended, other people will look with awe and say, wow, what, what is going on? What's, what's happening? It's not because of us. It's because the Holy Spirit is at work. I've heard um, some people say before, you know, I, I, can't, I can't love the church. I'll, I'll never love the church like I love my family. That's just not natural. And, and I thought, you're right, it's not natural, it's supernatural. That's what the church is meant to be. It's, it's this, this community, this body of believers where you say, wow, that person is not my flesh and blood, but I, but I love them so deeply. And I care for them so deeply. This is what it looks like to be the church. I want to encourage us today as we just respond to this. My question is this. Are we loving the church like Jesus loves the church? And I, I ask myself this too. Am I loving the body of Christ the way that Jesus does? Am I loving the church? Am I committed to God's house? I want to encourage you with that today. If, if you're somebody, maybe you're new to this community or you're struggling to feel connected here, or maybe you're just like, I, I don't know, you know, what the next step is for me and church. I, I don't know if I should be here. I don't know if I belong here. First, let me just say you do belong here. I know I can speak for Pastor Ken and his team. But the second thing is just take the time to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And say, Jesus, I, I want to love your church. I see this picture in, in the Bible. And I, I want to I love your church the way you do. Help me to do that. Maybe you've been hurt by the church. Maybe you've been hurt by people in the church. I pray that the Holy Spirit would just begin a work in your heart to bring healing to you and bring restoration. And that when you come into this church or whatever church you are planted in, that you come in and you say, this is my house too. And I'm planted here. Or maybe you, maybe you just think, man, I, I'm really not caring for God's church the way that he's asked me to. He's asked me to do this, and I've been avoiding it. Or, or he's asked me to, to, to pray through this or process this. I pray today that we as a body of believers would, would be so caring and loving that this place would be like our own flesh. Jesus chose the church. He established the church. This is his vehicle to reach the world, right? You might look at it and think, oh, this isn't the best plan, but it's God's plan, right? His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. 
And this is the vehicle that he has chosen to reach the world. I was having a conversation with an intern of ours, and, and she said, you know, I feel like, you know, God, God needs us to share our, our story. Or, you know, God needs us to whatever. And I said, does God need you to do it? She's like, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, God could save the world in an instant. And, I mean, he did with Jesus, right? But he could reach the world. He could reveal himself to the world in a moment, and everyone would be saved. That would be awesome, right? But God's plan is that he's chosen people. He wants to use people to share his, his good news, his story with the world. He wants you to share your testimony with the world. That's the vehicle that God has chosen. He loves the church. And my heart for the, especially the American church, this is my home, right? Is that we would be the church, that we wouldn't turn our backs on the church, that we wouldn't turn away and say, oh, you know, that, that's just, that's not what God has. But friends, it is, scripture tells us that the local church is his vehicle. His hope for the world comes to the local church. So all, all across the room, can we just close our eyes? I just want to pray over us before I pass it back to Pastor Ken. And again, just ask the Holy Spirit today. Am I, am I loving your church the way you do? Is there anything in my life that, that is getting in the way of me being committed and planted in your house or caring for your house? Holy Spirit, we want to be your church. We want to be your people. We want to be a people that, that loves and cares for your community right here, for your body right here. I pray that you would reveal anything in us today that is getting in the way of us being planted in your house, of us caring for your house. I pray that you would give us a heart for your house right here in this community. God, I pray for Journey Church, that this would be a church that is known in this community for supernaturally loving you and each other and, and those around them. God, I pray for every heart in here. God, if, there's, if there are people here today that are struggling with, with being planted and connected to your church, I pray that you would encourage them today, that you would challenge them to be planted in your house. God, I pray that, that this church would be known for the way that they love you and love each other. And God, I pray blessing over this community as well. I pray that you would bless this church financially, that you would give them favor in this community, that there would be open doors of opportunity that, that other ministries would, would, would never even imagine. I pray that you would just, God, you would do amazing, exceedingly and abundantly more than they could even imagine in this community through this church. That, Holy Spirit, you would be so alive and active in every heart and soul in this room that when they walk out of these doors, that they would encounter people that need the hope of Jesus and that you would give them open opportunities. God, I pray that you would bless every marriage and every family represented in this room, all the children and the teenagers. God, you would just encourage them as well today, that you would just reveal more and more of your heart to them. And God, I pray for this church and this community. God, I thank you for their generosity and their love to our, our family and missionaries all over the world. And God, I thank you for their heart for their community as well, Lord. We pray your blessing over them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, what a, what a challenging, encouraging word 
from Rachel, and, and I appreciate uh, your blessing upon us as a church. 